0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Linklater's Asia Size Antitrust 2023. I'm Marcus Pollard, and I head our antitrust and foreign investment team here in Hong Kong. This is the third year of our tour of Asia. For those of you that have listened to us last year, well, many thanks for your continued curiosity and interest. But for those of you who listen to us for the first time, welcome. And we aim to provide you with the most up-to-date insight into the key antitrust issues across the region. Today, I am joined by my colleagues, Arthur Peng, in link to Xiaosheng in Beijing, and Kathleen Goy here in Hong Kong. Antitrust enforcers have typically prioritized partal enforcement. However, over the past year, we have seen vertical restrictions increasingly gaining attention across Asia. And in this episode, we'll aim to bring to you the latest vertical trends and highlight the following potential risk areas. Firstly, we will look at some of the vertical cases closer to home in Hong Kong. Then we'll hear from Arthur on enforcement trends in mainland China. And finally, we will cover what's been going on in the rest of the region. So, Kath, do you want to kick us off by giving some headlines as to what's happened in Hong Kong?
1: Thanks for the introduction, Marcus. As some of you may know, vertical restrictions involve agreements between companies at different levels of supply chain. For example, between supplier and distributor. The Hong Kong Competition Commission acknowledged in its guidelines that vertical restrictions are generally less harmful. This may explain why in the first few years of the enforcement, the Commission had not brought any enforcement actions against this type of restrictions. We have, however, seen that there's an obvious shift in the Commission's appetite as it has grown to become a sophisticated enforcer. Since its commitment decision in 2020 involving online accommodation working platforms, in the past year, the Commission has has taken enforcement action in three other cases concerning vertical restrictions. Interestingly, all these cases involve different types of vertical restraints and sectors. One of them was in relation to car warranty restrictions. Marcus, can you tell us a bit more?
0: Sure. So in that case, the Commission found that certain car distributors uh, had been imposing warranty restrictions requiring maintenance and repair services to be carried out at their authorised repair centres, regardless of whether the maintenance or repair items were actually covered by uh, the specific warranties. Uh, The Commission had concerns that restrictions in in that case could limit the ability of independent repairers when competing with authorised repairers.
1: And there was also another case in relation to resale price maintenance.
0: Yeah, that's right. The Commission has initiated uh, tribunal proceedings against an MSG producer in Hong Kong. Uh, The allegation is that uh, that manufacturer imposed minimum resale prices on uh, a number of distributors. Um, To date, this is the first and only vertical case uh, before the competition tribunal.
1: And and the third case was in relation to restriction imposed by two food online delivery platforms in Hong Kong on their partner restaurants, including certain exclusivity arrangements, as well as requirements to restrict restaurants from offering lower prices on their own channels or competing channels.
0: Yeah, so I think we've got a bit to unpack here. Uh, So if we take a step back, in vertical cases, antitrust authorities typically would apply an effects test instead of looking at things through the object or per se lens. And vertical restrictions, you said earlier, Kath, will generally only raise competition concerns if they foreclose competition. So if we start with the car warranty case, uh, the conduct was allegedly common across the industry involving seven dealers and 17 different car brands. This meant that potentially a substantial portion of customers go to authorized dealers instead of independent uh, repair workshops. Now, I think one hypothetical question would be, well, would the authority still consider the warranty restrictions problematic if it had been carried out solely by a single brand? That's a detailed guess we don't know at this stage. Uh, Similarly, in the food online delivery platform case, the market was allegedly very concentrated. Uh, The two key food delivery platforms in total had around 90% market share now applying such market conditions any exclusive arrangement t- between the platforms and partner restaurants uh, were likely to result in a high barrier to entry uh, for new entrants but in both of those cases instead of initiating tribunal proceedings by taking those parties to court uh, the commission accepted commitments uh, in, in uh, from the parties involved and agreed agreed to close the investigation on the basis of those changes to behavior.
1: Thanks, Marcus. I think that's very interesting. Before we move to other trends in China, I think it's worth mentioning to our audience the first ever research maintenance case in Hong Kong, which is quite different from the two cases that Marcus just mentioned. So the case was brought by the Commission in September last year. And in that case, the Commission applied the object test for RPM. And it also considered that RPM is a serious anti-competitive conduct. So under Hong Kong Competition Ordinance, this would mean that the Commission does not have to issue a warning notice to the company before bringing the case to the tribunal. And the Commission also does not have to prove that there's any anti-competitive effect. Clearly, the Commission here is trying to follow the positions taken in EU and UK. However, given RPM is a novel area of law in Hong Kong, which we have observed constantly subject to debates by antitrust lawyers globally, we will have to wait and see the tribunals decision on this issue. Unfortunately, the trial for this case is not until late 2024, so we'll be in limbo for a bit. Arthur, how is the RPM approach in China? I've heard that there's some development in this issue.
2: Yes, thanks Cass. Indeed, there has been quite a bit of development over the past years relating to ratio price maintenance. Uh, it was. Quite clear and settled, but now there are more questions being asked, or the authorities' approach might stay in substance the same. So, to give you a bit of background, as you may know already, in mainland China, uh, whether RPM cases should be handled under the by object or under the by effect analysis was less consistent in the past. So, the Chinese courts in private litigations and summer, the Chinese antitrust regulator or NDRC's predecessor they had different views. To recap, the Administrative Enforcement Agency, Summer or its predecessor in DRC, used to be using the approach closer to per se or by object violation. Uh, in comparison, the Chinese courts in private mitigation cases had always applied the rule of reason. So The amendments to the anti-monopoly law in 2022 uh, came in, into force in August and then it helped to lessen the gaps between public and private enforcement. So, Under the amendments, resale price maintenance changes from expressly prohibited as anti-competitive in the old law to now subject to a rebuttable presumption of illegality. In other words, it provides the possibility that if the company can prove that the RPM does not have the effect of eliminating competition, it will not be considered as an anti-competitive agreement. The amendments also state that vertical agreements, including rates of price maintenance, can be presumed to be legal if they fall within the market share based safe harbor thresholds. The thresholds were initially proposed to be 15. However, to date, summer, the Antitrust Authority has not published the final thresholds.
0: And Arthur, the amendment came into force last August. I think our audience would like to know since then, have there been any notable changes? To the way that summer been deciding resale
2: price maintenance cases. That is a very good question, Marcus. And also, as mentioned in the beginning, the actual substantive position of the authority hasn't really changed as much as uh, some might have been expected or may have been hoping for. So, so far, summer has published a few, and most recently another RPM case against a pharmaceutical company in May this year. Summer discussed the negative impact of competition from the RPM conduct in that case. But it did not mention the company's market share, it did not expand the discussions or analysis. And also, Summer has not applied the safe harbor thresholds, and in fact, is hesitant to exempt RPM wholesale categorically based on market shares. So that reflects the authority's position. From our knowledge, while there may be a larger room for defenses, the cases so far and the fact that safe harbor rules have not been made both serve as a good reminder that summer's substantive position may have not changed fundamentally and we will have to continue to be very cautious with RPM in China as it does not seem that the authority will shift their approach soon or fundamentally in the near future either. And apart from resale price
0: maintenance which we've just talked about, has the authorities in China, have they been taking enforcement actions in other non-price related vertical cases?
2: Yeah, so for non-price related vertical cases, in particular customer territory strains, um, they have been handled in fact as ways to implement RPM, so they are part of RPM penalty cases so far. Summer is paying attention to this area of law by way of, for example, sector inquiries or questionnaires, but no, so far no standalone cases purely on territory restraints, for example. Otherwise, Summer has consistently raised competition concerns where the non-price related restraints are carried out by dominant companies. So under the abuse of dominant rules, for example, relating to the lower level customers to whom the reseller or producer might be able to resell to. So that is under the dominance rules. So Cass, um, how have the other authorities in the rest of Asia been handling vertical cases?
1: So for the rest of Asia, we observe that um, established enforcers, for example, ACCC, uh, the Taiwan Fair Trade Commission and the Korea Fair Trade Commission, they continue to take a strong stance against uh, resale price maintenance. So just in early September, the Australia HPC rejected an application by a distributor to set a minimum advertised price for its range of products. So while the customers can potentially negotiate prices which are below minimum advertised price, I think the concern here is if you prevent the retailers from advertising discounts, that would potentially limit the consumer's ability to identify the retailers with the best deal. It was also worth mentioning that there was a rare public consultation by the Japanese authority on potential resale price maintenance. The JFTC considered that the conduct in that case did not constitute resale price maintenance. The reason why is that the supplier directly negotiated the price with the end users. This is very fact-specific, and we will still caution against conduct that potentially restricts retail prices.
0: Well, I think it's fair to say that in in younger Southeast Asian competition regimes, so for example, Malaysia and Vietnam, uh, we're seeing generally a lack of enforcement in vertical cases. Thailand might be an exception because in addition to the usual antitrust rules, the Thai authority regularly assesses whether vertical conduct is regarded as an unfair, trade practice so instead of an effects assessment in order to establish that there has been an unfair trade practice it must be shown that the conduct has caused damage to other business operators and that can be done for example through a loss of revenue a loss of market value or loss of market share and of course it's not necessary for a company to be dominant to be caught under the tie provisions relating to unfair trade practices In fact, the guidelines issued by the Thai regulator state that any company with a market share of 10% or more has market power. And in those circumstances, may be found to be using their market power unfairly.
1: Thanks, Marcus and Arthur. I think those are really interesting updates for the region. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us and we will be happy to discuss further. In the next episode, we'll be providing you with some updates on merger control regime in Southeast Asia. With our colleagues from Bangkok and Talents in Vietnam. Thanks for listening and goodbye.
2: Bye bye. Bye bye.